BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and I have Jessica Yellen on today's episode to talk about raising kids with a sense of inquiry good critical thinking skills for consuming important information in the news and to highlight the benefits of engaging your kids in talking about what is happening in the world. And of course, all in developmentally appropriate ways. Jessica Yellen is the author of Savage News. She is an Emmy, Gracie, and Peabody Award winner. And she has reported for CNN as the former chief White House correspondent, She was at ABC News and an overnight anchor at MSNBC. I mean, she has done everything. And then she transformed how people consume news, separating news from noise with her platform, News Not Noise. She is delivering such smart content in whatever way you want to consume the content, whether it's written, video, oral, podcast. She is doing all of it to make sure that you have access to big issues in succinct ways. And please don't forget, if you enjoy my podcasts, I would love for you to get more by going to my Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast, reaching out to me, subscribe to my DrAliza.Bulletin.com. And if you want even more content and more live interaction and community. There is a premium subscription that's very accessible. All different ways to reach you in whatever way helps you have more ease with your parenting and take care of yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and even write a little review. What I think is helpful about all of your News Not Noise, and I want to ask you about this because there are just some things that are right versus wrong. And I'm so curious how you, because of course I want my kids to have the capacity to look at both sides and have perspective and really good critical thinking skills. But this, you know, invasion of Ukraine is this example of there's no two sides really. And so I'm curious how you make that call. You've done it. You also have done a, an incredible job with Texas and with Florida. That's Three awesome. topics that are fucking mind-blowing to talk to anyone about, let alone young people. And you've been framing it really clearly, but with some sense that you have 
a spin of your own. I just am really impressed with it. I'm curious how you do it because I think parents who want to raise kids to have critical thinking skills, but kind of bend in the direction of their values need to do the same thing. And I don't quite know what it is. I love that you see that and that you're saying it. It's a very intuitive and empathic of you and makes me feel good because that is a lot of what I think about as I'm crafting what I post. I think that one of the reasons a lot of people have checked out of watching traditional news is because the human part gets lost. And I don't mean telling a human's story. Yes, that's essential in all of this, you know, knowing the names and the faces of people who are actually living through this in Ukraine so that it's real. There's this other part that how are we allowed to respond to the news? And it's real to acknowledge that this stuff is hard and painful and difficult to take and that we have strong emotions. And in the news space, traditionally, the emotions that are sort of allowed are anger and outrage. And I think one of the remnants of the Trump years was that a lot of people became engaged in the news for the first time in a space of outrage. And so showing that you care looks like anger and outrage. But what I'm trying to bring back into the conversation is that compassion and curiosity and deep human feeling, emotion is also relevant here. And it's not only relevant, it's vital because that's part of what connects people to world events. And if my goal is to make what's happening in the world so accessible to everybody that we all feel it's ours to decide, it's ours to have opinions about, participate in, and fight for the best version of our future we can have. And we can only do that if we connect to a whole array of emotions. And sometimes that's just empathy. Sometimes it's sadness. Sometimes it's amusement, caring, curiosity, all the above. It's so effective and also... Not to dump brain science in, but you, you know, all the outrage, I think that what you named about what was happening in the news, all that outrage and anger makes you completely incapable of action because that's part of your brain. That was my understanding. Isn't there's brain science that says when you're triggered into rage, it shuts down learning at least. It doesn't shut down action to, yeah. Yes, it shuts down learning, it shuts down action other than fight, flight, or freeze. And sometimes fight, flight, and freeze is not effective most of the time because it's not, you're not using your thinking brain. So it shuts down all of your systems, get flooded. You need to put all your resources into fight, flight, or freeze. You have nothing left for critical thinking. You have nothing left, you know, to have rational compassion, curiosity, any of those things that you're trying to promote. And so when you approach the news in the way that you're talking about it, it leaves space for your brain to actually, and when I say brain, and I think we we say heart and brain, but it's all the same thing, but it, it leaves space for you to step back from the, you know, your, when, when you're overly empathetic, your pain centers light up and you actually have burnout. Whereas if you can have compassion because you've, moved through the empathy and you can step back and say, now, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And so I love the way you approach the news, the way I think we have to approach kind of everything right now. And I wonder how you go about doing that when the stories are so like we have three, but one in particular, Ukraine is so, so upsetting. How are you finding a way to have 
curiosity and compassion so we can take action? I think a lot about what I post before I post. I'll just say when I started this, my whole goal was to give people, I'd say, information without a panic attack because I had been in network news for so long and cable news and so much of what I did then was scare the bejesus out of everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And that was the model. Like it's an industry that has a model, conflict, fear, panic sells. But I always felt like we were competing for your anxiety and we didn't need to. And so if we could just step back from that and just tell you, here's what's going on. Here's the actual information you need. Now you decide that that would make so many people feel a sense of relief that they could actually engage with the material. That was very true for a while. But then we got into these since the, you know, COVID in the last election, what we're going through is genuinely anxiety inducing. It's genuinely Mm -hmm. scary. There's a reason it's rational to have anxiety about it. And so I had to rethink how I approach things because I can't give you the news without triggering your anxiety. I can do it without manipulating you or excessively scaring, you know, I won't do the sensationalist stuff. But now I have to know I am going to share scary content sometimes. And that's part of what I, like the service I'm providing is packaging it in a way you can take it. So I think about, how do you do that? I put the emotional stuff into the piece by acknowledging your emotions. So what they don't do in the news, but I like to say is what I'm about to show you is scary. And I want to give you a moment to pause and decide if you want to see it and also prepare you that this is going to be upsetting. And then I explain the reason I think we all should take the time to notice this is because paying attention is a form of engagement. It is important. And it lets you form opinions to make decisions to take action. And so it's partly acknowledging what you're feeling, acknowledging that that's okay. You don't have to be a tough person about everything. And then like, we're in this together. And then I make choices about what I do and don't share. For example, I mean, I spend my day looking through a lot of awful, awful, awful videos and 99% of them I don't share. I don't post close-ups of carnage, you know, stuff like that. But I have posted images of bombs going off, right? And Mm -hmm. saying there's X people trapped here. And that's also horrific to think about. And I have to make case-by-case judgments about when you do that and how and pair it with other stuff that's more uplifting, other stuff that's about how you can do something to help. So people remember, you know, like the full range of human experience. And now we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about one of my sponsors, Third Love. Okay, they have a lot of items, but they have an amazing 24-7 classic t-shirt bra that is their number one bra and with good reason. It is so comfortable. It has great fit style, function, and design. It is worn by millions of women. I am one of them. It does not pinch. It does not dig. You don't need to feel like you have to take it off as soon as you walk in the door. It's the 24-7 t-shirt bra. And this is the thing. Boobs change about six times in your lifetime. You will have a different bra size. And a lot of us forget to change our bras when our boobs change bra sizes. (laughs) So if you are one of 80% of women wearing the wrong bra size, I highly recommend going to Third Love's very easy online fitting room quiz. So you basically 
have an easy, not embarrassing, completely accurate fitting room quiz that focuses not just on size, but breast shape, fit issues, and style so that you can find a bra that's perfect for you. And also, I love how this company is the largest donor of undergarments in the United States. Partnering with organizations across the U.S., Third Love has donated over $40 million worth of bras to help people in need. Feeling this is believing it. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort they deserve and the support that they deserve. So upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash humans. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash humans. And now I want to tell you about my sponsor, Pros. I love hair. I like easy hair. I don't want fussiness. Pros makes custom hair products that are especially designed for you. You take a quiz. They ask about not only your hair, the texture, what you're looking for, any problems you have, but they also ask about, you know, where you live, your eating habits, your workout habits, how often you wash your hair. And then they analyze the answers so that you get a unique blend of ingredients that help you have a great routine. And as a carbon neutral certified B Corps, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their products are sustainably sourced and ethically gathered and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you are not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They'll take your products back, no questions asked. So that's pretty risk-free. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash humans. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash humans for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. I mean, every single thing is intentional. And I have noticed that. I've noticed that you do let people know what you're about to watch. Again, it really mimics how we're meant to. There's, There's almost a natural just way of inviting exactly how you approach this to inviting how parents can approach this with their emerging teenagers and teenagers, which is letting you know that what you're about to see is difficult or what you might, you know, make a decision, take a breath, decide if you have the space for it and capacity for it. And then when you're doing it, you also remind everybody, hey, everything is not hopeless. Here's what we can do with this information so that it's not just sitting with this pain and feeling helpless. And then you do make people laugh here and there in between. And I think that that whole range is how you build resilience and oh, also don't interesting. blinders, but that is yes. part of resilience building. Interesting. Cause sometimes I just post stuff that's like funny memes that are slightly off the news, but it's like a comedy relief, comic relief. You need yeah. those moments. And I do it intuitively because I need it. Like it's too much heaviness. I just need this. Or I got this puppy and I'm posting videos sometimes of the puppy. Everybody knows Bruno. I know. I I have to tell you that I just was looking and I saw, you know, Ukraine and refugees and Florida and then Bruno. (laughs) And I was like, that is brilliant. Well, you got to laugh or you'll just collapse sometimes. That's it. And so that release. It's so important. I get people in the audience who say, you know, well, why are you doing this? I don't come to you for humor. 
but it's few and far between. Most people are like, thank you. My favorite thing, I have this friend who sends me videos of goats yelling because the sound a goat makes is one of the funniest things there is. I had no idea. And so every so often I posted it a few times because he just like, thank God for him that he does this. Every I look through all these horrible videos and there's a goat bleeding at me and it's amazing. So it just, I don't know, it takes you out of the awful. And I think that that is important as you're delving into some of this terrible stuff. And it also helps prepare you to do what you need to do, which is pay attention to the things that matter so that you're in the space so you can. I have a lot of learnings about how to do that. And I think some of it applies to parenting. I'm not a parent myself, so I I haven't practiced it that way, but I have a couple of theories. Do you want to share them? (laughs) Yeah, sure. My basic belief is, first of all, explain what your terms are going to be. So there's an audience of people who don't know why Putin wants Ukraine and don't know the history of World War II and the Nazis, right? And so it's worth kind of setting up every so often again that there's a long history here. And a lot of this goes back to both the thing that was came before Russia, which was the USSR that encompassed all these other countries that didn't want to be part of the USSR and got their freedom and are now fighting for their freedom. And they're very scared that if Ukraine topples, they too will be taken. And then also this evokes a lot of horror and fear from World War II when so many countries were invaded by the Nazis. The world didn't fight for them. And it led to really horrific events, including the Holocaust. And that is echoing in the back of the minds of anybody who had consciousness during the Holocaust or was children of that era. And so this isn't only the horrors that are happening to the Ukrainians right now. It's the lessons of all those moments that are going into this. I think having a little bit of that conversation can help children understand why this matters, how history repeats, and how we all have a responsibility to pay attention when these things happen so we do learn from the past and don't make those mistakes again. I mean, no, you don't have children, but that is a beautiful way of putting it. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. And very meaningful. So, and on the side of it, all the moments where you give permission to laugh, for example. Mm -hmm. So like, having the context, having that conversation, and then giving permission to have very serious discussions and then laugh and then go back to serious discussions is in and of itself a real gift because both of those things can be true. Things can still make you laugh and things can still be so disturbing and horrifying and scary, but that we are humans and that's the really cool thing about us. And then also you breathe when you laugh. So if nothing else, you breathe. I didn't know that. That's, I mean, obviously, but I hadn't thought of it that way. It's true. It makes. I can really nice. suck the fun out of laughter by just making it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. It makes you breathe. Um, okay. So now you, you give the context and then I think I interrupted. You have another part of this. Then I try to explain clearly what's happening. Even if it's the hard stuff, you just say it. I don't try to describe in a lot of adjectives or flowery words. I won't call it a you know, a devastating bombing. I simply say there was nonstop bombing overnight. This many people are whatever it is. 
Mm-hmm. State the facts. Like when there are hard facts, you just put them there. Yep. And then you add quote from somebody. I add a human quote so that there's a person speaking about this. So you remember this isn't an abstract thing. This is real. And I try to ground it to connect it to the human life, right? And then I always try to give the audience, if it's Ukraine or we're talking about the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida, whatever it is, mm-hmm. at least a couple of concrete facts that they can see and remember and repeat. Just stepping back, one complaint, because I've done a lot of research on what people do and don't like about the news. And one complaint people have about the news and learning in general is sometimes it all comes at you as opinion and a, you know, like a waterfall of information or a blast of information. And there's nothing they can grab onto to have the conversation themselves. I try to give people facts that they can grab onto so that when they go out and say, hey, I just heard about this thing that's happening. Did you know they have at least two things they can say they know? So I try to arm them with data in a way, but it's not numbers, right? It can be the mayor of such and such said this, or the blah blah says this is changing tomorrow. I came to this insight through um, talking to women who were undecided voters in election cycles. And a lot uh-huh. of the time, what they would say is, I know how I feel, but I don't talk about it because I can't defend my argument. And I know I'll get in these arguments with people and they'll be yelling and I'll say what I think. And then they push back and I don't know how to defend it. And uh-huh. so I found if I give them a couple of things, data points, information points they can use, that gives them the courage to enter that conversation, feel confident and smart in the conversation. And then they're empowered to learn more information, have more conversations, pick up more articles and do it again. And so I think the same applies to your kids. Here's two things or three things you can know about this that are repeatable or checkable. Mm -hmm. Like what if you want to check it and see that this isn't some biased opinion? I think that helps people ground their information. If you love iced coffee or cold brew, do not fast forward. Listen up. How does cold brew on tap sound to you? So there's a brand that I just learned about, Wandering Bear, and it is the best cold brew you can get without leaving your house. It's like a box of amazing coffee, incredibly smooth, rich, chocolatey, cold brew. I mean, it's not actually chocolatey. It tastes chocolatey, but it is totally sugar-free and (laughs) dairy-free. They put the coffee in a box with a tap like a boxed wine and the box keeps it fresh and it makes it so convenient for you to fill up your cup in the morning. It's like having a fancy coffee shop in your refrigerator. And in a world where there's just a real need for finding small moments of joy, Wandering Bear is just really on my good side. It is so yummy. It's hundred percent organic. It's super strong. It's extra smooth. This coffee has turned me into a very happy morning person. I'm a coffee lover. It just makes my day. I want you to have your day made. Get 20% off your order with the code humans at wanderingbear.com. That's 20% off your order with the code humans at wanderingbear.com. On average, 93% of your life is spent indoors. And we know that so many of our favorite moments are outdoors and that we need to just force our bodies outside for fresh air and a feeling of peace. For those of you who are not in a warm part of the country, like I am year round, it's getting warmer 
and the sun is starting to shine. So let's make the most of it with Outer. It's a new outdoor furniture company with purposely designed furniture to get you outdoors more. Outer makes incredibly comfortable, innovative, high quality outdoor furniture from sustainable material and with really easy to customize modular designs, life-proof material that has nano coating that's water, mold, bleach, and stain resistant. And there are over a thousand neighborhood showrooms across the country to see outer difference in person. However, what I did was even more convenient to me. I love checking out outer's virtual showroom because, you know, I didn't want to leave the house to figure out what I wanted to get. And you can experience the products in this virtual showroom and see everything. It's kind of incredible. There's really beautiful furniture and you go to liveouter.com and see all this awesome furniture for yourself. Outer furniture comes with best-in-class warranties like 10 years for their chic aluminum line and a two-week trial with free returns. See the difference at liveouter.com slash humans. Plus for a limited time, get $300 off and free shipping. This is Outer's best offer anywhere. And it's only available to podcast listeners and only for a limited time, get $300 off and free shipping at liveouter.com slash humans, liveouter.com slash humans. Terms and conditions apply. Grab that discount while you can and enjoy the outdoors. How can you teach kids to check for bias? And what's the difference, I guess, between opinion and bias? Ooh, smart, smart question. So my personal point of view is that everything is biased. We all are subjective. We all have a come from. Anybody who tells you a thing is choosing what to tell you and what to leave out and how to frame it. So our whole moment where we're like, the news is opinionated, there's too much bias, makes me not so because, yeah, and going back just for a moment to the beginning, like the Pulitzer Prize, the biggest award in journalism, is named after Joseph Pulitzer, who ran an opinion newspaper. Opinion has always been part of the news. The thing is, being clear that it's an opinion is important, and understanding where they're coming from matters. So I think it's important to tell your kids everybody who's going to give you information has a point of view. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just uh-huh. important to get different points of view. And when you're not sure if something's true or not, this thing to do is to check it against multiple sources. Literally take a keywords out of that thing you've read, you know, like the mayor calls this a war crime and then put it into Google and say, X and such is a war crime. Look at which sources are saying the same thing. Look Mm -hmm. at, are those trusted sources? Are those places that have legitimacy and are reliable? And if you see it, it's called lateral reading. If you're seeing it across a lot of places, then you can read in and learn a little bit more. Now, as parents, it's important to arm your kids to understand which are good sources and which are bad sources. And that just takes training. And that's hard because the internet is full of a lot of crazy stuff. As a quick aside, I'll tell you, Russia, pro-Russia propaganda outlets have started producing fake fact checks that look like serious fact checks calling legit information bad. So like the information battlefield is getting filled with a lot of very sophisticated stuff. And that's true. It's also true that kids are savvier than any gener- like generation when it comes to social media and all this, and they know what to read for. 
And I do think it's still important to teach them like these institutions do their best to get accurate information out. The Wall Street Journal, slightly to the right. New York Times, slightly to the left. Washington Post gets really good facts to you. NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, they all are serious news organizations. You might criticize how they deliver it on TV. If you go to their websites, there's a lot of straightforward factual information. If you see something in a lot of those places, it's based on facts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we know changes. And so as the information changes, that doesn't mean they're lying to you originally. That means we're updating with information as we get it. COVID is the perfect example of that. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's use COVID because now people are unmasking and kids are struggling because they're hearing all these different messages. And I think it's an opportunity for cognitive flexibility. Oh, I love that phrase. Yes. So can we take that as an example of the information might change? I love how you frame it. It's not because you were being lied to before. It's because that's the beauty of science and journalism and reporting is that you get to figure out how to be dynamic in how we're dealing with the world. It's a process of inquiry, right? And as you learn more, you change what you share and you update. And, you know, I think that curious people get that and people who want a lot of certainty in their world find it scary and threatening. But the last two years have taught us that we don't live in a world of certainty and we are all equipped to make smart decisions for ourselves. And we should feel that we can and getting more information is the best way from good sources to get to a place where you make the best decisions. I have one other piece that I bring into all this right now, which is Mm -hmm. at some point we can't control our world and events right now are showing us that. And there are certain things in the news that teach us like we have to give up control and acknowledge we can't keep everybody 100% certainly safe all the time or protect our kids from terrible things, knowing terrible things, but we don't have to flood them with the worst stuff, right? There are certain ages where you don't need to know all the things. And even, you know, somebody wrote me and said, I put a massive trigger warning on a video. Like, so I covered the entire video and I said, only click this if you're prepared to see the reality of blah. I'm sharing Mm -hmm. this so people can know, but you can choose not to see this and it's okay. And someone wrote me and she said, I'm having postpartum depression. I'm so grateful you wrote that. Usually I could take that, but right now I can't. And I think it's great for adults to give themselves permission to say, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole right now. It's not just protect your kids, protect yourself when you need to. For sure. And you're protecting your kids when you protect yourself, because if you completely get into that spiral, you can't be a caregiver. Hmm. You have to be able to say, this is about how much I can take. And then after that, I'm not as useful because I'm now flooded. And so to your point, Flooding does not help anybody. And we all have a different window of tolerance. Ideally, you're growing your window of tolerance with age and experience and knowledge, but certainly young children don't have a huge window of tolerance. And a post somebody who's going through postpartum depression has to know that they don't have a, a very wide window of tolerance. Someone that's experienced trauma that is particularly related to some of the news that you might be reporting, that's going to change what they can handle. And so just even those warnings that you give are really important because we have to give those warnings to ourselves. And I'm glad you said Mm. something. I do it in part because I get there. 
I'll find myself like spinning. Like, should I post this? Should I say something? Should I not? Is oh my God, what's my plan? And then I realize, oh, I'm maxed out. I need to step back and take a break. And then I have people around me who say, you're not CNN. People don't, you don't need to be posting 24 seven. Like it's okay. If you're taking a break, your audience probably needs it too. But when I feel that way, I realize I probably need to create that space for everybody who's following too. And one of the things I did, which is interesting for me, and I wonder if this relates in parenting is I started off doing this only on Instagram, but that's very Mm -hmm. visual. And I found a lot of people were having a hard time seeing and there's, and I started a newsletter and I find there's almost a different audience in part there because they want to read it. They don't want to see it. And that's been sort of an interesting learning for me recently. Uh, completely true. And also, f- particularly with young people, seeing is not ideal. Getting images out of your mind is really hard. We all have images from childhood that we wish we did not, you know, like a horror movie or something. The news was on at a time that you wish it hadn't been. So for some people, the reading of a newsletter is going to be much more valuable. And then the mm-hmm. other thing is like, we, we all have different learning styles. And so they are going to be different people that are going to want a different way to consume the information and how much they can handle. But for kids in particular, it's great to get your newsletter and go through it. And then you can choose whether or not you're going to look at the visuals. Yeah. Yes. It's important to give people those options. I've learned. I also am starting to think that this is it's almost not only the news, but it's learning. You know, it applies to financial literacy. It applies to making decisions about your life. Like so much of our information now is big and scary. I've been noticing that I'm spending half my time talking about these awful, like huge, what is huge, terrible things. And then having these conversations about web three and the metaverse, which is like completely abstract and not connected to reality at all. Right. And you're swinging between these poles between like, life and death decisions and like completely abstract avatars. And everybody feels nervous about both. And what it is, is it's how do I approach these complicated, big ideas that are very new and scary? And I think that this is just a way in. It's just about how do you get people in? I almost think of it like Uber talks about how they were the last mile. Everybody takes you close, but how do you get that last mile? And it's just about breaking down the process of learning so people can digest it. I love that so much because that is what we're not going to just discuss like, how do we, I mean, I did this. How do you talk to kids about Ukraine? And by the way, side note, I had said the Ukraine for much of my life. Like I didn't I know, even it, notice that I had been doing that. We, we also, the Ukraine and also the capital of Ukraine used to be called Kiev. And then one day everybody says, no, it's Kiev. And it's so funny to me. Like, I just want the person to tell me when that happened. Because I've interviewed people from Ukraine and what they say is Kiev. It's somewhere between Kiev and Kiev. It's neither of the versions we use. But one day everyone in America is like, Kiev. I'm so glad you said that. That's another one of those things where I just, both of those things happened and I was like, oops. And I didn't say anything to anybody. I just shifted. But in my head, I was like, how did I miss this memo? Like, what have I been walking through life doing? But now I'm glad to know it's not just me. This is exactly, though, the thing that we're talking about engaging, which is that immediate feeling of like, oh, I'm wrong. I was dumb. I'm As opposed dumb, dumb. to yeah. something out there happened. I'm going to figure out why and not feel dumb about it. And so my mission has always been like, I don't know. I ended up in politics. There weren't a lot of women covering politics when I did. And they found it intimidating. I'm like, this stuff isn't hard. We just use a lot of jargon. Let Mm -hmm. me explain you the jargon. 
And I feel that way about most things. It's not hard. You just have to find the person who understands what happened to explain to you what happened and why. It's such a growth mindset. Like teach me how to get smarter about this instead of I'm, I must be an idiot. I don't really know about this. I'm afraid to talk to my kids about this because I kind of don't remember anything. And I've already pronounced names of cities wrong. <laughs> like it's not that it's just, it's really all of us are learning different ways to be critical thinkers. And even if you've spent decades being a critical thinker, there's just lots of room to grow. And I really appreciate how you're doing this for us. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I mean, that's what you do too, by breaking down parenting for people who are completely daunted by it, right? Or have those moments where it's like, this is accessible. Let's just get into it. It's like, jump in. Yeah, no, it's interesting because it's not fair to people to assume that everybody comes from the same place you, you come from with the same information. And so what's really complex to one person is super simple to another. And it's just, I happen to think that with kids, this discussion between us and in general, it's not a conversation of necessarily how do you talk to kids about this one particular topic? This is just broadly, like, how do you live your life Mm -hmm. as a thinking person? (laughs) Yes. And I think it applies in all sorts of categories, parenting, finances, you know, Mm -hmm. health and wellness, all those things. Just Figure out what it is that intimidates you and that you don't know and start to get curious. That's what I do. You could spend all day being curious. Sometimes you have to say enough. (laughs) Well, sure. And that's another feature of resilience is knowing when to say enough and play with Bruno or do whatever you need to do to, to regroup. So, but that's been challenging since 2016, but certainly 2020. I mean, since COVID at least, whether you were political or not, since COVID, it feels like everybody's had to gauge when to just know that the day-to-day constant information may not be helpful for them. And maybe they need to check once a day, or maybe they're a weekly checker. It it feels though, for the past couple of years, there's been no weekly, (laughs) there's been, there's been nothing where you can give it a week. Right. Well, it just keeps coming. It keeps coming. One of the things I've noticed and I find challenging is um, it used to be that you could like turn this off and go to some other content that's like enriching or satisfying or fulfilling. And I have started to look like when I go to my discover page on Instagram, what they're feeding me is all these naked bodies of women and celebrity fights and reality stars making a billion dollars that you're never going to make. And they did it doing stupid things that are not good for the world and all this sort of bad value stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think another piece of this whole information conversation is regulating how much of the awful that they're pushing you on these platforms, you choose to look away from and decide in advance, where do you get nourishment when you want to take those off beats? And you know, it's not in those environments. Like what they're pushing makes me feel worse. So I go from watching these bombings in Ukraine to looking at some human who's doing not good things for the world, crushing it and living their best life, right? And you're just thinking it's so unfair and unreal. And I realized like, I have to stop looking. I don't want to look at that stuff. Pick up something else. I found a book on puppies. I'm starting to read that. I got a second dog, so I'm with you. I'm like, not sure it was a good idea, but. Well, maybe our Um, dogs can hang out when they're all vaccinated. Okay, (laughs) great. 
something okay. to exhaust him would be great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know that you have a million things going on. I cannot thank you enough. Truly, truly. I actually don't know if you understand how valuable this is in this context. Really? Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, it is. It really is. Parents are really struggling. And it's not just the conversation about, I know how to do the like developmentally appropriate stuff, but there's just something weird about the world where I was like, I, you're doing something in the way you're delivering this content. I've been watching you for so long, but in this particular time, I mean, you've been doing it this whole time, but this particular intensity and emotion, and maybe it's my history or whatever, you are really giving good stuff to the world. But in the same way, I would like for parents to be giving stuff, you know, this is like how you raise good humans. Like that's Mm -hmm. just it. Kids are going to be the ones who are going to decide the outcomes of those measures as they move through states and become national issues by the time they're voting age. And well, as I was becoming politically aware, the Supreme Court made a ruling called Bowers versus Hardwick, which was this ruling that said it's okay for states to make homosexuality illegal. And I was so astonished this happened. And I was in speech and debate in junior high and I made it my speech topic. And there's a whole thing around that. And it made me politically engaged. And so teaching kids that this stuff is going on why and what it means for people their age, I think that's important. And showing them that, you know, justice happens over the course of time through advancements and setbacks, and that getting informed is a way to be part of the advancement and drive that into your own future. <laughs> 